Hey everybody, Mike Lombardo here. Welcome to Awaken Podcast. If you want to find out more about our ministry, you can go to www.lifeportoutintl.org. We have a new show every two, um, every Monday, excuse me, and Thursday, uh, which airs on the Charisma Podcast Network.com, as well as Apple, Spotify, Google Play, pretty much anywhere podcasts are listened to. I'm excited to, you know, get into a new series here today. We typically have interviews every single week with anointed, incredible people from around the world that are doing um, supernatural exploits that are really making a dent in the kingdom of darkness and establishing the kingdom of God on the earth. Beautiful people that just love the Lord with everything that are living him out every single day. And so I want to get into a series here today, though, a new series about spiritual rest. We need rest as believers. And so many people think rest is just inactivity, but that's not the case. The Bible um, declares a biblical precedence of spiritual rest for believers, and this has been absolutely vital for me for me and my spiritual walk with the Lord. It has revitalized me in so many different ways, and God honestly taught me spiritual rest because I was huge on striving. I didn't have the best mentality about God. You know, I, I knew he loved me, but I didn't always believe he liked me. And for many of you who've tuned into Awaken Podcast, you've heard some of my story. I felt like I needed to achieve. I needed to perform. I needed to do X, Y, Z, jump through hoops, you know, uh, for me to, um, you know, increase in my spirituality, for me to get promoted, um, you know, in terms of, you know, go to the next level with God or, you know, just I needed to do X, Y, Z for even God to be really pleased with my life, really happy with how I'm living. And so not to get more anointed, to see more miracles, whatever it may be, I felt like I needed to check every single box to be able to get there. And that's human striving. That's self-effort. That's performance. Okay. And the new covenant is not about performance modification. It's about internal transformation being transformed from the inside out. And so God really began to speak to me. I got three prophetic words in a row about spiritual rest. You know, three prophets or prophetic people in one day, came to me and said, the Lord has a word for you. You are a warrior. He loves your heart. He sees what you're doing, but he wants you to rest. And I didn't understand that word. And I got it from three different people in the same day. And it's like, wow, God's trying to speak to me. It was almost creepy. I didn't get it. It was almost word for word, the same exact thing that I got from the previous person. And so I began to really pray and ask the Lord what that meant. I thought, okay, Lord, what does that mean? Stop evangelizing. Um, you know, stop reading my Bible, praying, stop, you know, just take more naps. Like, you know, I didn't know what he meant by rest. Okay. Just saw like, okay, so, but you called me here to Bible school to learn about you, to study the scriptures, to go out and evangelize, to learn about the ministry. Now you're telling me to rest. I didn't get it, didn't compute. And so I began to press in and really seek God on this matter. And he began to bring me into a form of prayer that changed my life. And for some of you who heard my series on prayer, which is earlier on in my podcast here on Charisma, um, I spoke about contemplative prayer. I spoke about being quiet before the Lord. And that's when I really learned that. And I began to commune with God internally. And, you know, I used to always pray in the spirit and declare and thank God and worship. And it was, I was very vocal in my prayer life previously. And then God began to show me in the word of God, how to quiet myself, how to just be with him, how to meditate on his word, 
meditate on his nearness, that he's with me always. And I begin to connect with the presence of God a lot easier in my day-to-day life. I begin to turn my attention, my affection to the Lord, and I begin to experience his presence, not just at a conference, not just at school, not just when I was praying and worshiping and reading the word, but I begin to experience his presence throughout my day. And I begin to realize I have 24-7 access to the presence of God because of the broken body and the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, and that I have that access through faith in him, in Jesus, and that Jesus did it. I didn't do it. He's the one that tore the veil from top to bottom. I could not tear the veil. I could not break through separation. I could not break through the barrier that separated me and God. Jesus did in his own body. He tore the veil from top to bottom. And now we have access to the Holy of Holies, which is the glory of God, the presence of God, which I write a lot about in my book, Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to abiding and experiencing the presence of God. And so you can find out more about that there. There'll be a commercial at the end of the show. But rest is pivotal. I began to experience peace like I've never experienced before, joy like I've never experienced before. If I did get anxious, fearful, stressed out, angry, I began to turn my heart to the Lord and get closure and get um, breakthrough quicker than ever before. All right. And God began to teach me in that time of prayer and worship, learning how to abide in him. You know, he began to teach me these things, these um, revelations from the word of God about rest. And we we don't hear a lot of messages in the rest of God, right? A pastor doesn't want to preach about the rest of God always because they're afraid their congregation is going to do nothing and not tithe and not go on the, you know, the missions trip and not do evangelism or whatever. But the rest of God is imperative. If we truly empower believers through understanding how to trust God and how to rest in God, then it should empower them. It shouldn't paralyze them or demotivate them. Okay. And so, It is in the scriptures, okay? And the rest of God is not an option. It is absolutely paramount in our spiritual lives. It says in Hebrews chapter three and chapter four that entering God's rest is the same as inheriting the promised land. And it relates to believers now, how we get to enter into rest and enter into the promised land of God. And they use the Israelites in the wilderness as an example, all right? So who wants to step into fulfilled promises? Who wants the abundant life that Jesus died for us to have? I do. You do. I'm sure our heart cry should be, Lord, I want everything that you died for me to have. And I want to reject and not tolerate what you died to free me from. I'm going to say that again. Our heart cry should be, Lord, I want everything that you died for me to have. I don't want to miss out on anything. I want to experience the fullness here and now. And I don't want to tolerate anything in my life that you died for me to be free from. You want the fullness of the blessings of all that Christ purchase for you, okay? And if inheriting the promised land and inheriting everything that Jesus did for us, a land flowing with milk and honey, if inheriting the promised land is related to rest, then we need to learn how to rest. We can't do things in our own power and abilities and strive, okay? And so there's seasons where it's easier to walk in spiritual rest and there's other seasons where it's more difficult. Trust me, I know. Um, In difficult times, I have to remind myself of what the Lord has taught me and know to be true and revisit these things. That's why the Apostle Peter and the Apostle Paul both said, I know I've said these things to you already, you know, in their epistles, but it is worth saying again to remind you of these basic truths because it's easy to forget when we go into different seasons of our life. But even in the beginning, if you're breaking open Genesis, Adam was created on the sixth day and on the seventh day, God rested. That means that Adam's first revelation of God was that God rests. God rested with Adam. 
He didn't create Adam on the first day and then create, you know, the sun, the moon, the animals, the, the, you know, the, the vegetation and everything. He created Adam on the sixth day. On the seventh day, God rested. That was the first revelation Adam had. We have a God who rests and rests with me and spends time with me and is just with me, right? And so, and many people also think that our day begins with daytime because we wake up and we start another day. But according to the scriptures, that's not true. You know, it says in Genesis one through five that there was evening and there was morning one day and so on. And so evening is the beginning of our day and morning is the second part of the day, according to scriptures. And so we start our day with rest. We rejuvenate ourselves. We spend time in the presence of the Lord. And it even says in Exodus I believe it's chapter 30. It says in Exodus, uh, when God said, Moses said, Lord, come into the promised land with us. I do not want to go into the promised land unless you go with us. And how did the Lord respond? He said, I will send my presence with you and I will give you rest. So the presence of God is correlated with the rest of God. When we learn to abide in his presence, which the Lord taught me through 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 um through meditative prayer and contemplative prayer is when we spend time in the presence of God when we prioritize the presence of God in our lives and that's not just in the secret place by ourselves in a room reading the bible that's throughout the day as we're driving as we're working as we're you know discoursing with people whatever it may be that we prioritize and we are aware and we recognize the presence of God and through his presence we receive spiritual rejuvenation rest peace joy everything we need to thrive and to overcome in life okay it's a very spiritual thing it's a beautiful thing but our day starts with evening and then morning one day so we must start our days being rejuvenated being connected with god you know resting with the lord and from that place comes our activities and everything that we need to do and many people think Hey, listen, when you talk about rest, you're telling people not to do anything, to take time off. You know, I know a lot of missionaries and a lot of people that just sit around and do nothing and expect people to sow into their ministry, but it's like, you're not really doing anything, right? There's, you know, there needs to be a manifestation of fruit in our lives. There needs to be works that prove our faith, okay? We need to be active in the in the field, in the harvest field, okay? But we're not doing it out of performance mentalities. We're not doing it out of you know, anxiety to impress God or to save the world. You know, Jesus told me one time, he said, you're not the savior of the world. I am. And it took the weight of the great commission. Like we need to have an urgency in the great commission. Okay. Um, and it's good to have that urgency. Like, no, God told me to preach a gospel. So you go and you preach a gospel and you lay hands on the sick. But there is also this unhealthy, if I don't go out there, everyone's going to go to hell kind of mentality where you take on the role of Jesus Jesus will reach people if you don't, but that revelation should not empower you not to do anything. It should give you peace to say, I'm still going to go out. I'm still going to preach the gospel, still going to lay hands in the sick. I'm still going to do everything Jesus commanded me to do, but I'm going to do it with peace in my heart, knowing that ultimately the chips don't fall on me entirely. I'm going to walk with the Lord and he, I'm going to sow the seed and he's going to water and he, I'm going to sow the seed, I'm going to water and he's going to be the one that ultimately brings the increase. And so that being said, rest is not inactivity. Many people believe that God's this harsh taskmaster in heaven demanding us to work harder and he's displeased with our lack of work for his name and glory. In fact, that's not true. He's a good father who wants us to enter into his rest 
and physical rest is important. In Hebrews 3 and 4, the kind of rest is a spiritual kind, not a physical rest. He didn't want them to just go into the promised land and do nothing. No, they still had giants to kill. They still had land to take, but they did it from a place of rest. So it's not inactivity. And honestly, I love the definition of rest being our hearts entirely engaged with the presence of God, conscience, uh, conscious, excuse me, of the presence of God, engaged with the word of God, because when we are meditating on or relying on the word of God, our heart is at rest because we have faith and faith is built up on the inside of us. You know, and Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight to 30, he said, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and I am humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. You know, Jesus saying, come to me and I'll give you rest for your soul. He is not speaking about physical rest. He's talking about rest for our soul is what he's talking about. He does not want you, you know, you can have somebody who is doing back-breaking labor, excuse me, back-breaking labor work, but their heart's at peace and they have rest for their soul. But they're physically and actively doing something that is, you know, straining for their physical body, but their soul is at rest. They trust God. They they have peace and they're relying on the promises of God and they're not strung out on anxiety, okay? And then you could have a person who is sitting on the beach in Hawaii doing nothing, but they're just concerned about money. They're concerned about life. They're getting a divorce. They're unhappy. They're upset. They have no rest for their soul, even though they have rest for their physical body. Okay. And so we are called to be the kind of people that trust God in everything that no matter what we're doing, whether on the beach in Hawaii or whether we're, you know, working, hustling, getting things done, building, growing things that we have total reliance on God. We trust him for the results. So we put our hand to the plow. We don't look back, but we trust him to ultimately bring the increase. And we know that there will be good that comes out of it, no matter how hard it is because we have him and then we have communion with him throughout the day where his presence ultimately brings peace, joy, and righteousness into our life. All right. And so that, that wasn't that, that statement of rest for your soul was a revolutionary statement by Jesus. The law did not provide rest for the weary. The law provided striving for righteousness, striving to please God, striving to obey the commandments. The law has beat down the best and the worst of us with an iron fist. And it still is today. The religious spirit has put impossible demands on God's people and trapped us in the heaviness of bondage. Genuine spiritual believers have come under the authority of the religious spirit and have had their um, and have had zeal and passion from like wanting to obey the law. But then it gets quenched because they can't do it in their own power and abilities. They can't do it. And so this is absolutely paramount. I've struggled with this religiosity. I've struggled with this, trying to get more anointed, trying to get promotion, trying to get God to be happy or pleased with me through doing all the right things. Okay. And when I screwed up, I felt like, how could God use me? How could God, you know, do X, Y, Z for me that he promised if I can't get these things right? And then God over time really broke down those barriers of religiosity through his love, through his grace, through his mercy. And when I've had encounters with God that were defining moments in my life, but at the same time, it was through this revelation of spiritual rest and being connected with him and having the word of God as a foundation of my life and realizing that this is paramount, that God created us for rest. And this is something important that we need to talk about today in the body of Christ, especially with the chaos of the world today and all the uncertainty that is taking place. We need 
to trust God, no matter who the president is, no matter what's taking place in the world, no matter what is happening around us, no matter what sickness is going on, we need to have faith and we need to rest in the goodness of God and the promises of God for our lives, for us to have peace, righteousness, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Because we're supposed to be a different kind of person. We're not supposed to be acting like everyone else, thinking like everyone else, affected by what's happening in the world like everybody else. We're supposed to shine and be a light on a hill, salt in the earth, so that we could people would look at us and say, what do you have that I don't have? And we could share the love of God with them. So this is part one. I just want to talk about the necessity of rest and that it is not inactivity. It actually empowers us to get things done. Um, but I'm going to break down the new covenant and what obedience is in the new covenant and kind of get more practical with you in coming episodes. But um, just listen to this commercial by my book, Immersed in His Glory, if you haven't gotten it yet. But I'll talk to you next time on Awaken Podcast. Make sure to rate the podcast, um, subscribe, review the podcast so we can get this out to more people. But bless you guys, and I'll talk to you next time. Hey guys, Michael Lombardo here. Uh, Just quickly, I just want to make a resource available to you. I wrote a book released with Destiny Image Publishers called Immersed in His Glory, a supernatural guide to experiencing and abiding in God's presence. My desire is for you to get to know the Lord in a experiential way, to break every barrier to experience God's presence in your everyday life. I've met people all over the world that are just hungry to know Him, but just don't know how to get there, don't know how to experience Jesus in a deeper way. You know, what keeps you from encountering Him in a greater way? Do you feel unfit to enter His presence? Do you feel stuck? Maybe you worry that you don't know enough to meet with God. Every human being is hardwired with a need for intimacy with God. When this need isn't met, we search elsewhere and we find ourselves broken and unfulfilled. But connecting with God is of utmost importance. And in this book, I'm just inviting you to experience this vital union with the Holy Spirit that is greater than you have ever imagined. A continuous fellowship with God where a lifestyle of miracles, visions, encounters becomes normal. All right, so in this book, you learn how to be free from self-condemnation, guilt, and shame through intimacy with the Holy Spirit. You learn how to um, have guidance from God as you experience His presence every day. You overcome lies that have held you back from experiencing more of God. You get a revelation of your inheritance that was already freely yours, you know, through the lavish gift of grace through Jesus. And so I just want to present this to you immersed in His glory. You can go to Amazon and find it there. You could also go to my website, lifepouredoutintl.org lifeportoutintl.org or you can go to destinyimage.com the audiobook is available as well on amazon.com as well as some video teachings at destinyimage.com and so bless you guys grab a copy of immersed in his glory thank you